I'm never going to apologize for winning. Breaks a tackle. Now another. He's inside the five. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. He is sacked. Down he goes. Tyler Hoover. Breaks away from one tackle. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio. This is Spartan Red Zone with your host, Dan Tyler. What's going on, East Lansing? This is your host, Dan Tyler, and you're listening to the Spartan Red Zone. Happy New Year's Eve out there to everybody. If you're in East Lansing, looking for somewhere to celebrate the festivities, stop on by to 342 North Harrison later. You can hit me up for the details. I'm here with my co-host and pack panelist, Harry Jaden. We also have Sam Fisher, the sports editor from the Stanford Daily. He also does the play-by-play for their football games on to help break down the 100th Rose Bowl game, the granddaddy of them all. So first of all, Harry, how are you doing, my man? Pretty good, pretty good. I do have to give you a shout out for that intro. I had not heard it before. That thing is the dopest of the dope. Ludovizio, good job on those. But yeah, I've been talking about how I wanted to get on this podcast and it's, it's good to be here. Good to be here. It's good to have you. And Sam, our friend out there from Stanford, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Another beautiful day in Los Angeles. Uh, crowds starting to pile in more and more every day, so no complaints. Nice. Yeah, we're all pretty uh, jealous of you and your, your guys' weather, the 80 <laughs> degrees and sunny over there. It's, it's definitely not that kind of weather here in East Lansing, so you got that upper hand on us right there. Yeah, it's uh, another reason why anyone who can come out should. It, it's a great event they do here. Yeah, definitely. And, and you guys sure know about that. You know, your second straight year going, you guys, you have the experience after beating Wisconsin last year. And that is sure to probably play a big thing going into this game as Michigan State hasn't been there in 26 years. So let's let's just jump straight into it. You know, this is a battle of two teams who look very similar. You know, it's almost looking up some of your team's stats and watching some film and some games. It's almost like looking in the mirror. Very similar teams. Smash Mouth tough running games they get the run game going work with a pass after that stingy defenses you know so everybody's thinking you know whichever team can out physical the other is most likely going to win this game you know do you do you agree that it's going to be a physical matchup or do you think there's going to be a little more flash to this one um, it's certainly going to be a physical matchup but i i do think that the passing games will have a huge role in the game i think people are overlooking that a little bit they love seeing, you know, the talking about the old school type of matchup. But especially down the stretch this year, Stanford has been a much, much, much more deep ball oriented passing attack. They don't throw the ball often, but when they do, uh, they've been deadly, averaging, I think, you know, in the Oregon game, like 13 yards per pass attempt against Arizona State in the Pac 12 championship, averaging at least 10 yards per pass attempt. And uh, Kevin Hogan has gotten much better at throwing that deep ball. And I think that uh, with Max Bola out, Michigan State might have to have a little bit more help come from the secondary down into the running game. And then the question is, can Stanford take advantage? I think that's the difference in the game. If Stanford can hit those deep passes, uh, if I had to pick any one thing to start out with for people to look for, it's that deep passing game. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. And, and I'm glad you brought up that Max Bola thing. Um, you know, first I'm going to swing this question over to Harry. How, you know, how big of a blow is that? to Michigan State losing Max Bolo and having to put in uh, Kyler Ellsworth to, to, to sub in at that middle linebacker position. Man, it's, it's huge. 
like we said, it's like looking in a mirror. Stanford is exactly like Michigan State, where we where you guys kind of get the run game going to get the passing game going, and you guys have Pete Yankee and Fleming on on the offensive line. Yankee was a unanimous All American, so we're gonna need everybody we 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 have on on defense to stop the run so you guys can't get that passing attack of you guys is going but I also think that MSU is to the point where we have such a system where when we get we lose guys say it to be to the NFL draft like Golston or Worthy we can just plug new guys like a Calhoun he comes in and just picks up where the other guys left off but Bolo was huge Bolo has been starting for pretty much essentially the past three years so to lose somebody like that is very tough, and to have a guy like Kyler Ellsworth, former walk-on, only has 10 tackles this year. Dan, you said eight of them were on special teams. Yes, sir. That's tough to come in and play in the Rose Bowl. That's going to be tough and be the quarterback of this defense. It's going to be rough. Yeah, you know, Sam, what do you, what do you think, uh, looking at Stanford's team, how do you think they're going to be able to exploit that hole we're looking at losing, you know, an all-Big Ten selection, a two-time all-Big Ten selection, really the – the computer, they call him. He's the mind of that defense. He's essentially an extension of Pat Narduzzi, the defensive coordinator, out there on the field. Uh, how, how are you looking with uh, Stanford to, to exploit that little breakdown they have there? Well, it's exactly what you just talked about. It's, it's the mental side. Stanford's a team that likes to do a lot of creative motions and shifts. They'll shift multiple times. Sometimes after they come up to the line, I think you'll see a lot more of that. Stanford also has run a limited amount of no huddle. They don't do it often, but it throws some people off. I would expect some combination of those two things where you see a little bit extra motion and shift, just to, especially early in the game, see how Ellsworth responds, see if he makes good calls, because you're right, as good of a player as Bola was, you know, the ability that he has to shift his line in front of him, I think that Stanford's probably going to be looking to, to, to stop uh, or take advantage mentally more than anything else. Yeah, you know, definitely. They're, you know, not just losing a great player, but a leader and really somebody who's always there. He's he's the coach of the defense on the field, pretty much. Um, and and that that is worrisome for us Spartan fans. You know, looking at this this offense, like you said, they they do like to throw in some different kind of motions, the occasional no huddle, like you mentioned, and and that makes it just that much tougher for any middle linebacker to have to call out different plays. But for somebody coming in, their first start, first big playing time they've gotten all season long and the most playing time he'll have seen in his whole his whole career here at Michigan State coming in the Rose Bowl and coming up a good scheme offense like you guys have that's going to be tough and it'll be interesting to see how he reacts on the fly because I think they're going to throw a lot at him and and really see how he can react make those quick decisions so that'll be definitely something to look for definitely an upper hand that the Cardinal have over the Spartans in that one I'll go ahead and, and admit it it's a little worrisome but, you know, talking about your offense, how do you think you guys are going to come out to start the game? You know, everybody knows you work the run, run Tyler Gaffney with that big physical offensive line who have, you know, first and second team, all Pac-12, I think four members on that offensive line on the first and second team, all Pac-12. Uh, do you think, you think you're going to just kind of stick with what you guys know, get the, get the rush game going, then try to hit those big deep ball passes to people like Ty Montgomery on the outside? Or do you think they're going to try to – catch everybody off guard a little bit and try to airmail it a little? Well, I think that's the million-dollar question early on. Um, it can really go either way. You often see Stanford, as you said, go out there, try some normal things in the base running game, start to try to assert its will. But then if you go back to looking at last year's Rose Bowl game, uh, Stanford jumped out to a 14 nothing lead against Wisconsin by running a lot of uh, trick plays. 
There was a out of the wildcat a reverse or double reverse pass from a wide receiver uh, to a different wide receiver. Uh, there was an end around that went for a, a big score as well. So there have been there were some very interesting things that Stanford did uh, early on in the game that were very different. And you've also seen the last few weeks Stanford coming out throwing the ball a little bit more on its opening drive. So I guess yes, you'll see some runs, but I think you'll probably see at least one trick play early on because Stanford likes to add that in its scripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is the fourth straight year for you guys to get to the BCS championship. I mean, just to get to a BCS game, and obviously Michigan State hasn't been in 25 years, I want to say. Maybe this is the 26th. But at first I was kind of worried because the game is in California. You guys would have a huge home field advantage, but now the ticket sales. I know Mark Hollis said maybe we would get 50,000 out there, which would be significant because it would be over half of the seats in the stadium would be Spartan fans. But what do you think about the environment, the atmosphere for the game? Do you think it's going to be a home game for Stanford, home environment for Michigan State? How does it look out there? Because you are closer to the situation than we are, obviously. Well, it's a little tough to tell because L.A. is just so spread out. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of people here. I think that the reports are all pretty clear. There'll probably be a little bit more Michigan State fans than Stanford fans, but I don't think it'll be that much different than 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly an improvement uh, for the Big Ten after last year where very few Wisconsin fans showed up. So I think that you'll see more Michigan State fans than Stanford fans, but I would bet it'll really feel like a neutral site Rose Bowl environment. Yep, and I mentioned that you guys have been four straight years. Do you think that benefits where – you guys have been here before. You have the experience of the game, a big game like this, whereas Michigan State would be considered inexperienced. Or do you think that kind of hurts you where you guys are kind of complacent? You guys have been here before while MSU is kind of more hungry than you guys. What do you think is going to play out there? Uh, I think it's probably a bit of an advantage. Uh, I think last year it was a disadvantage, kind of as you talked about, because I think Stanford uh, underestimated Wisconsin a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin was 7-5 and five at the time. I believe, unranked in, in at least one of the polls. And I, I think that despite what the players will tell you, there wasn't that same sense of urgency. But I don't think that's a problem this year. One, because of what happened last year, getting that scare. But also, I think the Stanford team has a lot of, a lot of respect for Michigan State. Uh, likes the fact that it's ranked below uh, Michigan State. I think that's probably an advantage for Stanford. It will fuel them a little bit. They love having that uh, underdog mentality, which does not happen much anymore but uh i don't think it's a huge a huge change either way advantage or disadvantage but i guess it certainly can't hurt stanford with the way the matchup is set up this year yeah you know definitely and and i i think that it's going to be a different kind of rose bowl game this year for stanford as you said wisconsin they probably shouldn't even had a chance to have played for the big 10 championship game they were third in the leaders division but that's because both Ohio State and Penn State, who were ahead of them, were ineligible for postseason play. So they kind of got to sneak in there after beating up on a Nebraska team who just looked unprepared to play in that Big Ten championship game last year. And, and like you said, you know, Stanford is – they might not be the underdog, but they are ranked below Michigan State, and Michigan State's coming off that huge victory against Ohio State, a 12-1 and season, historic. So there's really nothing to, to overlook. I think both of these teams aren't going to overlook the other – both well-coached, great minds. Mark D'Antonio and David Shaw are, are similar-style coaches, too. You know, more blue-collar, tough-nose, old-school-type football. So I think uh, I think it's going to be a different kind of game. I think Michigan State, however, I'm worried about how they come out 
how their first quarter goes, their first drive or two, because I think these guys might just be a little too excited. You know, like Harry said, uh, 26 years, they haven't been to the Rose Bowl since 1988 when they defeated USC, whereas most of these guys from Stanford, as, with the exception of the freshmen, were there last season. So they've been there. There'll be a little more calm going on in the beginning. Uh, that's why I'm thinking Stanford might look to air the ball out, test Kevin Hogan's arm a little bit. Um, but what Michigan State is most likely going to be looking to do, since you guys have that tough run game with Gaffney just powering it up the middle, it's looking like they're going to load men in the box and have corners Trey Waynes and Darquez Denard out there running man coverage, really a lot of press coverage, physical uh, defensive back style play. Uh, what kind of schemes do you think will be whipped up on Stanford's end to kind of counteract that kind of defense going in? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on what Michigan State will do defensively. It's really your your only option. We haven't seen any team come out and not load the box against Stanford. You just have to do it. And you're right that the, the Trey Waynes, Darquez Denard uh, combo presents some challenges because Michigan State can load the box and still get away with one-on-one coverage from those two. But that's why I think the key to this game when Stanford has the ball is wide receiver Devin Kajus. They like to line him up as the third wide receiver in sets. He's big. He's about six foot four, two hundred and twenty something pounds, and so they actually like to line him up where they used Zach Ertz last year. He's a he's line up as the flex tight end, so on the line of scrimmage, but in the slot area. And usually he gets one on ones against linebackers or safeties when he's lined up there, and he has just absolutely toasted teams. Big play after big play after big play because he's not going against a cornerback, and I think. With what we talked about about 10 minutes ago, Michigan State's safety is going to help out in the running game, definitely be quick to fly to the football to help out and fill that void left by Max Bulla. I think the play-action pass to Devin Kajus might be the difference maker in the game. Yeah, Kajus is huge. I mean, he's averaging 21, 21, almost 22 yards per catch, which is big. So. He's only averaging 2.5 catches per game, but when they go to him, they go to him deep. So that's one guy that MSU does have to keep a tab on because I do think that the corners are going to do a good job, do a good job on your first and second option. I think it's that third option, that fourth option, that might slip through the cracks and you guys will get a big play off of that. Yeah, that was, that's what we saw, I saw against Ohio State. There were mm-hmm. a few times where the safeties really crept up, bit on the play action, uh, you know, definitely focused on Braxton Miller. And by the way, I think you're going to see a lot of Kevin Hogan running the ball even out of the read option because of what we saw on tape, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the Big Ten championship game, and it's really, really, really key to not forget about Devin Kajus. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, I like I like what you have to say there about how you know Michigan State their defense got a little bit greedy, and and you can't do that with dynamic type of quarterbacks. And, and Kevin Hogan is he was a good pocket passer, he's a drop back kind of guy. But he's got good feet and he's he's got some good speed and he can burn you on a run if you if you overplay. So that is another dangerous thing to watch out for for Michigan State because he can he's really run. fast. Yeah, he he is deceptively fast. He actually started his career last year when he was the backup. Um, his role was he was the read option package quarterback. They bring him in as an alternative to the Wildcat in the shotgun and he always run the read option or some type of play action off of the read option. So that, it was his initial game. He's physical, he's fast, he's had some big runs, he can scramble, but he loves running read option. And uh, again, you guys saw it, Braxton Miller, for most of that game, had a lot of success with the read option. 
Yeah, and, and and there was there was a few, you know, it just takes a few plays where the defense breaks down a little bit, and you know, a dynamic player, Braxton Miller, did it against us in the Big Ten championship game, like we mentioned, and and as you hear here, you know, Kevin Hogan, he can run, so he can gash he could gash Michigan State if they get a little bit too too greedy on some of these plays and that'll be that much harder for Michigan State with Max Bolo out because he's got that presence of mind he's a very smart football brain to kind of corral the rest of the unit get them to calm down play on their toes a little bit more and be smarter so that's going to be that's going to be something to look for because Kevin Hogan like you said he's been playing really well down the stretch and he's gaining confidence it seems by game just like Connor Cook is these teams are very similar you know and these quarterbacks are gaining confidence so I think it's incredibly important for both teams to come out, deliver some hard shots to the quarterbacks, uh, kind of get their confidence a little rattled because they've just been stepping up game by game and getting better and better. And if one or both of these guys get going early, there could be a lot more points in the scoreboard than people expect. They have the Both teams have the ability to score. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right on that one. I really think that the offenses are being underrated in this game, I think that if Michigan State can keep Connor Cook clean, he has shown repeatedly that he can make great passes. But, of course, when, when he's under pressure, he's a very different type of quarterback. But, I, I mean, it's pretty clear that if he has time, he's going he's gonna to throw gonna throw well. And Stanford, if it, if it has a weakness defensively at all, it's definitely in the pass coverage. Uh, it, there are options there. Guys will be open if he has time. So, and then, of course, as we talked about, when Stanford has the ball, um, they have so many weapons. They scored a lot of points against some other very good defenses uh, that you, you never really know what you're going to see. Yeah, and and I think you bring up a good point is if Michigan State can keep Connor Cook clean because you know, I was looking at these teams on paper, and Harry and I were talking about it before the show, and we were just marveling at how similar they are. A big difference I saw was in cornerback play in the secondary uh, Michigan State with the the Thorpe winner Darquez Denard and Trey Waynes is kind of overshadowed there, but he's you know he's another great corner along with Curtis Drummond and Isaiah Lewis in there in secondary. It's really a menacing bunch. But if there was one weakness to point out on this Stanford defense, I would go ahead and point to the secondary. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a matter of what kind of protection that Michigan State can work up for Connor Cook because you guys are ranked number one in the country in sacks, I believe it's 40 this season, with Trent Murphy in there, first team All-Pac-12 coming in. He's got 14 sacks, I think it is, on the season. He comes in there like a missile. He's really smart at reading the offense and finding those gaps and coming in there and shooting through and finding the quarterback. So that's going to be another dangerous point for Michigan State is keeping people yeah. like Scove and Murphy away from Cook. And honestly, I haven't seen a quarterback who's that different when not under pressure and under pressure as Connor Cook. Because, like I said, I mean, he was spectacular when he was clean, but whenever Ohio State got any leakage, I mean, he turned. He, he had a few times where he just chucked the ball in the air up for grabs, easily could have been intercepted just to avoid a sack. That's a really dangerous thing to do with Ed Reynolds at free safety for Stanford. Teams have avoided throwing at him all year, so the interception numbers are way down. But last year he had four interception returns for touchdowns. Or I think it was three, and one was called down on the one-yard line on a bogus review. But uh, you have to be really careful. He plays center field very well, has great speed, uh, a mid-round NFL prospect. And, gosh, Connor Cook has to – if they can't keep him clean, he's going to have to adjust the way he, he reacts under pressure because, 
And there were some scary throws he made in that Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and, and again, that'll be interesting seeing how this Michigan State team comes out because Connor Cook, you know, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's a pretty young guy. Um, he said before the Big Ten championship game, he said, you know, this is the most important week of my life. Uh, he hasn't been here before. And he did really well in the Big Ten championship game. But as you said, there were some errant passes. One of them did result in a pretty costly turnover, a costly interception. And that is just something you can't get away with with Reynolds back there. He is a ball hawk and in the outfield, like the, you, you put it well. He, you can't be doing that against a defense like Stanford in the game like the Rose Bowl. You have to maintain your composure, know when to throw the ball away. Sometimes you just have to take a sack. It's better than, than turning the ball over. So it's going to be interesting seeing how he adjusts. I'm sure Stanford is going to come with some different blitz packages and try to, you know, try to rattle him, rattle his cage a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, Shane Scove likes blitzing. He's got to look out for all of the outside linebackers in this 3-4 defense. They're built to rush the passer. And, and uh, you know, thinking about Trent Murphy, as you talked about, he reminds me a lot of Shalik Calhoun, not in build, but in style. Get after the quarterback and score. Mm-hmm. You know, Trent Murphy has he's a six foot six pass rusher, 14 sacks, and he has two interception returns for touchdowns in his career. I know Calhoun likes to score. Uh, both of these defenses, not only do they stop teams, but they're very aggressive. They like putting points on the board themselves. I think that could certainly happen in this game. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see. There's a, there's a potential for some defensive touchdowns here that just puts more points on the board. Like we've talked about, it might be a little higher scoring than people might think. And they're, they're two very dynamic defenses. They're, they're tough and physical, but they also have good athleticism and good speed. So if you do happen to turn the ball over, the damage isn't just done there usually. They can, they can tack some yards onto it, potentially a touchdown. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that turnover battle, which will be big. They're both, you know, both quarterbacks are very similar. They're smart. They don't, they don't turn the ball over too much. They don't give too many opportunities for their team to do poorly and lose. And, and Gaffney, such a great running back, and Langford is coming into his own. Those guys don't, don't fumble often. So it'll be, you know, kind of interesting to see who, who makes that first mistake, you know, who puts the ball on the ground or which quarterback throws an errant pass. So I think that's just going to help set the tone, and that is going to it's going to be incredibly important throughout the game is who wins that turnover battle, I believe. Yeah, it's always important, and Michigan State's done such a good job with that all year long. Yeah, no, we only have given away 13 times, which is six in the nation. Pretty good at not turning it over, and Connor Cook does a good job of just not forcing things. He knows that we have a great punter, we have a great kicker, Sadler and Geiger. So if we don't get a touchdown, if we don't move the ball – He's okay with that because he can trust our defense and stuff like that. So I think we're going to be okay on the turnovers. It's the sacks that are really, even though we only allow one sack per game, which is 12th nationally, I think you guys are going to get after Cook more so than any team has this whole season because we haven't played a team with a line or even a secondary like Stanford's this whole year. Yeah, no offense to the Big Ten this year, (laughs) but it has not been a banner year for the conference's defenses. Not at all, not at all. Yeah, definitely not. You know, when you're when you're going against defenses like Indiana, Michigan had some brutal times. Even Ohio State, you know, a great team, but Ohio State has some gaps in that defense that teams are exploiting. Yeah, they gave up 41 to Michigan. Right. That <laughs> that says uh, that says enough. If if you watch the the B Dubs, the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, you know that's uh, it's pretty embarrassing to give up 41 to that team. I try not to rag on Michigan too much, but they. 
they just had some problems. We'll leave that for a different show, though. I'm sure they all know about it. They don't want us to kick them too much when they're down. Um, but what I'm what I'm interested to see going in is is what kind of play calling Michigan State comes out with because they just like Stanford, and this is a predicament that Stanford has as well. They both like to get the power run game going and then try to hit you deep. And I think Stanford is a little better with that that system because Montgomery is a little more dynamic of a receiver. Michigan State has good receivers, but I think Montgomery is the best out there on the field. And it'll be interesting to see if Michigan State really comes out firing the ball a lot. Like, I think Stanford will. Uh, Harry, do you think they're going to have, you know, a little more of open playbook this, like, more than we've seen this season coming in to start the game? To start the game, I don't think so, just because it is such a big stage. I think D'Antonio is going to play conservative at the beginning, get the early game jitters out. But I do think he's going to get a bit creative in his play calling, maybe an onside, surprise onside kick or something like that. I know he tried that recently. It didn't work out, but it was very close. I think he might try that out in the second half, maybe the third quarter. But to start off, I think he's going to go pound, green, pound, just to get the nerves out. That's uh, not not – that's not been the best strategy against Stanford this year. Really, the, the biggest weakness that the defense has had, uh, you, you go back, pretty much every single team Stanford's played besides Oregon has come out early on going completely against tendency. If they're a passing team, they're running it. If they're a running team, they're passing it. It was a, a pocket passer. The quarterback would run. Everything was just different. to try to catch Stanford by surprise, and, and that's come uh, to the tune of big leads early on. Utah went up big early and held on. USC went up big early and was able to hold on. And a lot of teams, even Cal scored on its first drive and did nothing the rest of the game. Stanford's defense, after those first drive or second drive, has given up almost nothing. Very similar to Michigan State's defense, mm-hmm. which is what pitched six of eight in six of eight Big Ten games had a shutout in the second half. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I agree with you guys that I don't think Michigan State is going to come out with anything creative. I, I've talked to uh, a lot of guys on this offense this week. Talked to. Uh, one of the co-offensive coordinators, and they seem very confident, and as you guys said, the pound green pound. But uh, it'll be interesting if that's just them playing their cards close to the chest or if they're going to try to do what no other team that played Stanford did, which is go with what they do, go with what they've shown on tape, and uh, and actually score. Because that has been – I mean, no team has been able to do that all year. Even the teams that beat Stanford, they scored going very much against tendency with plays and packages and – and styles you hadn't seen from that team all year. You know, something I think we're going to see out of the Michigan State offense, uh, similar to like what you were saying about Kevin Hogan and Stanford's offense, is you know a little read option with the quarterback. Connor Cook, he might not he might not be as fast or athletic as Hogan, but he can also move his feet a little bit as well. And and it'll be interesting to see if they try to add that into the offensive package more too, because. They they like to run him occasionally just to keep defenses on their toes, but with Langford playing so well and the offensive line being really tough for Langford, they've really given him most of the nod. Connor Cook, they're trying to keep him clean, like we mentioned before, and healthy, not give him too many shots. But, you know, it's it's the last game of the season. There's There's nothing to lose pretty much at this point. So I'm looking for Michigan State to run a little bit of read option, a little bit of design runs for Connor Cook. Just to kind of, like you said, going against our tendencies a little bit, maybe a little more flashier to try to take Stanford, or excuse me, catch Stanford off guard. And um, and you mentioned that some of these teams have come up quick against Stanford and scored some 
some quick points and have had to try to hold on at the end. Do you think that this is going to be a game where one of these two teams has a hot start and then kind of tries to hold on for dear life the rest of the game? I think that Michigan State has to start well. I think that Stanford has shown a, a bit more of the ability to come back. I think Stanford just is a little bit better uh, protecting Hogan in the matchup. And I think that when Stanford turns into a bit of a passing team, I think it's a little little bit better. Both teams are weak at this, but a little bit better than Michigan State's chances as a drop-back passing team because Stanford will look like crazy. And I don't think Cook will have much time at all. But I think Michigan State certainly has the running game and the defense that if the Spartans can go up early like they did against Ohio State, I think this could absolutely follow the mold of Stanford's first two losses of the season, Utah and USC. I really think that's by far Michigan State's best chance of winning this game. I think that I'd be shocked if Michigan State won it any other way. I, I agree with you that Michigan State does need to score early, but for a different reason. I think that they kind of need to get that first drive, get a solid first drive, maybe a field goal or, or a touchdown out of it, just to say, okay, we're here, we can play with these guys. Because I do trust our defense on the back end. Like you said, we shut out six of eight Big Ten opponents in the in the second half. So I trust our defense in the second half to, to hold, at least contain Stanford enough for the offense. But it's just, I think it's more of a mental thing, just the whole Rose Bowl aspect is going to be going to be big at the beginning of the game, and I think it's going to it's going to be a lot of quick swing passes by Connor Cook just to get him a rhythm, see these cornerbacks make one on one tackles if they can, if they cannot, just get him some completions, get the offense moving, stuff like that. Because if we do try to go deep early, I think Stanford's going to get that pressure on Cook. Yeah, I think that uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. There are so many factors, as you know, football is such a complicated game. That even when you look, we talked about it a lot. You look at the, the bullet suspension, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be, there are going to be so many ways in which that one suspension could change the game because it's going to put so many different guys in motion doing different things. It's, uh, it's always tough to know how the game's going to look. Yeah, and both these teams are very dynamic, um, you know, not very one sided. They're, they're both tough and known for physical play, but as, as we've mentioned before, they can both air the ball out a little bit. So, you know, it's almost, this is all speculation right here, folks. We're just a few guys saying what we think is going to happen from what we've seen the previous 13 games. But honestly, who knows what's going to happen when they when they go on the field and, and really throw it down out there. That's why football is such a great sport, such an interesting sport. But uh, we've been talking a lot about the offenses and defenses. Let's talk really quick about special teams. You know, Michigan State, solid special teams. You know, Michael Geiger, a good freshman kicker Sadler one of the best punters in the nation I think and they like to you know run a few little fakes there to keep people on their toes but something I think that hasn't been talked about enough uh for Stanford's favor is Montgomery there returning returning uh kicks and punts he's you know very fast very dynamic athletic guy and field position I think is going to be huge Sadler is a great punter for Michigan State and he's going to have some booming punts but if Montgomery can get some good returns find some holes, give give Kevin Hogan a little bit of a shorter field to work with. I think that just plays into the power run game's hands because you have a short field, you can just pound it, and you might at least come out with a field goal or something like that. And that's a huge advantage, I think, that Stanford has over Michigan State is the return game. Michigan State has R.J. Shelton, who, you know, he's, he's a freshman, he's getting better, he's, he's pretty fast, he's got some wheels, but, you know, he's just not – not quite up to par with Ty Montgomery in terms of in terms of returning. So do you, do you think we might see him bust out a couple big returns uh, tomorrow? Uh, you know, 
I, I, what I'm curious of, it's going to be a beautiful day. Muma has a really strong leg. Uh, I'm wondering if Michigan State is going to have Muma just try to kick it uh, deep into or, or out of the end zone and just give Stanford the ball with 25. If he can, he certainly is close If he to being able to do that, might be able to. Uh, D'Antonio hinted uh, yesterday in his press conference that uh, they're going to kick it to Montgomery, not try to kick it away from him, not try to take it out of his hands. But uh, I think that, that if Muma has the ability, shows it during warm-ups where he can kick it eight, nine yards deep in the end zone, maybe get a few to go out the back, I think that is certainly the best strategy to have. Stanford on kickoff return is averaging getting out to like the 31-yard line. You, you certainly should give them the 25. Yeah, you know, I think that would be I, – I usually don't condone a team going out there and playing kind of uptight and playing safe. I like to see them go loose and just go all out, play the game normally. But I think that would be a case where it would be smarter to be a little more conservative, just boot it out on those kickoffs because, you know, yards are going to come at a premium this game. I think the offenses are going to do better than most people think. Most people on the outside, they see Stanford and Michigan State and they just think defense – but, you know, having a short field could mean everything. That that extra three points you got because you got a good kick return out to the 40, 50-yard line could be the three points that decides the game. So I think that's going to be a huge thing is if whether or not Michigan State decides to kick to Montgomery, if they do decide to kick to him, what kind of what kind of blanket coverage they're going to have on that to try to to try to stem the bleeding a little bit, I guess, and to see also if Michigan State can get some good returns as well to try to to try to counter that return game. So that should be another another big thing to watch for the game, a big factor on, on who's going to come out with a W tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. Um, I actually have to run in about five minutes. I'm going on another radio show, so um, you want to wrap up with a prediction maybe? Oh, for sure. You read my mind. I was going to jump right into that. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I might guess who you're going to pick, but who, who do you got tomorrow? I think that because of the, the suspension of Max Bola, uh, I think Stanford has the edge. Uh, I think Michigan State will move the ball, but uh, they've scored in a lot of big plays this year. Down in t- inside the red zone, it's Stanford's best defensive strength. I think they'll set up with field goals, and I think a uh, key turnover while under pressure from Connor Cook dooms Michigan State. I, I like Stanford uh, 27-16. Okay, okay, 27-16 for Stanford. Coming from Sam, the the sports editor from the Stanford Daily. Harry, what kind of what kind of numbers do you think are going to be put up? Man, I got – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, I think the, the forecast out there, 74 degrees, no rain, sunny, just a typical Los Angeles day. I think the offenses get the juices flowing, and it's going to be, I want to say, 34-31. I think Stanford wins on a late field goal kick. So I think MSU starts the game pretty well. Stanford comes back and – Closes out with a field goal kick to end it. Harry Jaden picking the Stanford Cardinal over Michigan State. Yes. I like it. It's unbiased. You know, it's smart. My prediction, I've gone with Michigan State all year. I don't think I could deviate from it. I would. I think I would lose some sleep and get a lot of flack from people I know if I <laughs> got on my show and picked against Michigan State. I'm going to take the Spartans in this one. I think they can overcome losing Max Bulla, make enough big plays, and this, get a big stop at the end. I think it's going to come down to the last drive, and I think – Michigan State's going to dig in their heels on defense and you know get a big stop, kind of similar to the Ohio State game. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a count of 30 to 24, Michigan State. 
So you think it's interesting both of you guys have Michigan State scoring 30 because Stanford and Michigan State have the two, two really long streaks of not allowing 30 points. I think for Stanford it's 24 straight games and Michigan State it's 26 straight games and not allowing 30 so yeah that, that is bold, bold offensive predictions you know I'm, I'm i'm gonna guess there's gonna be a little more offense i think everybody's you know got a magnifying glass and the defense is a little too much um and i think people are gonna be surprised and and both these teams are gonna show off you know their talent a little bit these i'm sure both quarterbacks have a bit of a chip on their shoulder they think they're not getting the respect they might deserve and i, I think they're gonna come to play and, and it's gonna be about who can make that last stop and you know i'm just I'm hoping, but I'm also predicting that Michigan State's going to get that last stop. Yeah, and these offenses have, have gotten better and better as the year has gone on. So I think those 25 days of extra practice have helped these offenses more than the defenses because they have so much room to improve. You know, definitely. But, you know, like I said, who knows what's going to happen. That's just our predictions. Sam Fisher, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, game day sports editor at the Sanford Daily, does the play-by-play. He is in Pasadena for the game. We're all very jealous of you, Sam. Enjoy yourself out there in sunny California and enjoy yourself at the game. And, and most of all, thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. No problem. Good luck, guys. Thank you. You too. All right, so we're just going to wrap that up for our show. Uh, not much to say here. Happy New Year's to everybody tonight. 2014 is going to be a new year. Hopefully we can start it out with a big Michigan State victory. First one since 1988. That would be awesome. So... All I gotta say is go green. Harry, you got any leaving comments? Go green. Celebrate responsibly. Celebrate responsibly tonight, and let's get a W tomorrow. That's it. All right. Take it easy, East Lansing. No couch burnings. <laughs>